0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1175 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. (music) Greetings horse people, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip features Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition who will provide an enlightening look at laminitis and how it relates to obesity in horses. And we'll get right to our tip after this from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
1: Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar-packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance product supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. And again, I would love to welcome to the show Dr. Tanya Cubit from Performance Horse Nutrition, who is doing some tips for us right now on diseases and conditions that your horse is very likely to have trouble with because he's fat. So, what is it going to be today? What are you going to terrorize us with today, Dr. Cuban?
2: Oh, no terrorizing, but glad to be back. You know, last time we talked about obesity, and I figured it would be good to follow on with disorders that occur in horses as a result of them becoming obese. So, today we're going to talk about laminitis. And your horse actually doesn't have to be obese to, be la- to get laminitis, but in the large portion, of horses that get laminitis, it comes from being obese, becoming insulin resistant, and then going on to laminitis. So I always start out with, I try to break it down, like what is it, what are the symptoms, causes, and how do we feed the horse? So a lot of people realize that laminitis occurs in the feet of the horse, Um, and if I was standing in front of the audience and giving a little demonstration, I usually use my hands to demonstrate so it's an inflammation of the laminae in the foot. Like any itis, tonsillitis, tendonitis, it's inflammation of the laminae. And what are the laminae? Well, if you think about the, if the, the bones of the horse's leg go down and end in the bottom, in the hoof, in uh, a little bone that looks like the hoof, and it's called the coffin bone or pedal bone, depending on what part of the world you're from. We'll continue to call it the coffin bone. And there are little finger-like structures that hold that coffin bone and the hoof wall in place so that it doesn't just fall out the bottom of the horse's foot. So these laminae are tiny finger-like structures that interlock and join the coffin bone to the hoof wall, suspending it there and also feeding, providing a lot of nutrition. There's a a lot of tiny, tiny blood vessels that are in that laminae. And so if we get Anything that causes some kind of inflammation in these little laminae, we call that laminitis. And there are a whole slew of different things that can cause inflammation in these tiny fingers. Because you think, you know, we've got 1,000 to 1,500 pounds in most of our average horses sitting on four tiny feet and even... More minute, micro little fingers holding everything together. So, uh, whether it's the horse ate too many sugars and starches, pasture associated laminitis is a huge issue, being overweight, Um, whether they ate a weed or had retained placenta, uh, some kind of uh, reaction to a drug. I mean, there's a lot of different causes, but pasture-associated laminators or this influx in sugars and starches, horse being overweight, is one of the most common causes. Um, if if we progress a little further and the inflammation damages the laminate, then those little finger-like structures will die, not holding the coffin bone in place, and so then the weight of the horse will push the coffin bone downwards. So you may have heard your vet come out and do x-rays or radiographs and say, well, you've got a certain degree of rotation. That rotation is actually how far down the coffin bone has rotated because there's no support. There's nothing holding it in place. Worst, worst case scenario is that those fingers will totally die. Those laminae will totally die. And the coffin bone will sink right through the bottom of the hoof. And you never, never want to see that. It's extremely painful to the horse. And I'm sure there are some barriers that say that we could bring a horse back from that brink, but it's very rare. We really want to unlikely. avoid Yes, that's unlikely. Very unlikely, exactly. And a lot of money to try and fix that. So uh, if we can avoid it. So symptoms that you see in a horse, and most of us are pretty familiar with the fact that there's pain in the hooves, heat in the hooves, so the horse will actually lean back, Typically, we'll see it a lot of times in the front feet. Um, if it really progresses, sometimes we'll see it in the hind feet. But they're really leaning back, trying to take the weight off those feet because it's really quite painful. Um, if you buy a horse and you want to tell whether it may have suffered from some kind of laminar damage in the past, you can actually look for rings in their, in their hoof wall. may indicate some kind of um, Hoof trauma may not necessarily be laminitis, but um, that's one of the, the causes for these rings in the in the hooves. Some people even call them founder rings. Um, heat. As I said, heat in the hooves because anytime you have inflammation anywhere in the body, it causes heat. So that's why we always recommend cold hosing. And then also a digital pulse. If you can take the pulse down by the horse's fetlock, you'll notice that it's um, more rapid. So there are some of the symptoms of a horse with laminitis. There are probably many others, but there's some of the more common ones that you can just go out in the field and notice.
0: So when it comes to laminitis, um... There are many, many, many things that can trigger laminitis. When a horse is severely overweight, obese, is it simply the weight that commonly causes it, or is there also frequently a metabolic issue um, underlying in that? In other words, he's overweight, yes, but there's something else that's gone wrong inside of his system that's a contributing factor.
2: If we could answer that question, that would be the million-dollar question, oh, and everybody, of it would. <laughs> and we would all be, you know, reaping in the money. But there are a lot of different theories, and it's not necessarily just the excess weight and stress on those lemonade, but more, as you mentioned, the metabolic um, aspect. And when it comes down to that metabolic aspect, there are different theories. Is it that there, um, you know, the horse becomes insulin resistant, so we actually are shutting off some of that blood flow down to um, the, those little laminate or is it that the bacteria in the hindgut, when you overload those bacteria with sugars and starches that they're really not supposed to uh, be consuming, are we increasing the acidity in the hindgut, therefore killing off these other bacteria that are supposed to utilize that? Uh, there are a lot of different theories. One thing that is not a theory is obese horses It usually leads to insulin resistance and that is a huge predisposing factor for horses developing laminitis. So, So the actual mechanism, (laughs) you know. Um, So it's a result, as we mentioned earlier, of many different disease conditions, risk factors for developing laminitis. So carbohydrate overload, that's including your sugars, starches, and fructans, which we'll get in some grasses. Um, Colic, diarrhea, excessive concussion, you know, slamming down on a hard roadway, retained placenta, drug reaction, systemic infection, injury, obesity, genetics, insulin resistance. As I said, the list goes on and on. But our carbohydrate overload, obesity, um, insulin resistance—they are our primary causes in today's equine population. And we really want to just control these risk factors, therefore preventing laminitis much much easier than trying to fix laminitis.
0: So, case scenario here. I'm going to make this one up. We sure. have a horse who gets ridden four times a week most of the year. Doesn't get ridden particularly hard, maybe he's ridden by a novice uh rider who does your basic walk trot canter stuff four times a week around in an arena. And the rest of the time he spends his days in the stall and his nights turned out like many many horses do. That horse is fat. He's a seven and a half on that scale, bordering on an eight. Mm-hmm. At that eight level, he is much more likely to develop health issues associated with associated with that obesity, insulin resistance, and laminitis laminitis. Mm-hmm. If we don't change his diet, but do increase his exercise so that within six months he's down to a six on that scale. And working his way towards a five, that's just as healthy, if not healthier way to get that risk removed from his life as changing his food.
2: Yes. And a lot of times what we'll see, we did some research way back when I was a graduate student, uh, getting horses excessively fat and then exercising them on a treadmill, either changing diet or not changing diet and looking at those glucose and insulin dynamics. And if you um, try to just change diet without changing the exercise level, it's going to take you a lot longer. So where it is possible, absolutely adding in exercise will, and sometimes even an overweight horse that is exercising will have a better metabolic profile than just uh, you know, a moderately overweight horse that you're trying to just use. Uh, nutrition to fix. They go together. They do go together as best as you possibly can. I know sometimes we have horses that are quite overweight and maybe already a little tender in the feet and so exercise is limited or not possible. We really, you know, as with a lot of these disorders, we really want to avoid getting to that point uh, as best as we can. So with that horse, say we take the, your example of the horse that is an eight. He's gotten to an eight, even though they're riding mild riding four days a week. She's there. He's obviously not being exercised enough for the amount of calories he's consuming. Some people say, well, I don't feel like I'm feeding anything, and he just continues to get fatter and fatter and fatter. There are some horses that have a genetic predisposition to just be heavier. Any of the horses that have any kind of pony bloodlines, um, Morgans, Saddlebreds, they have that genetic predisposition for laminitis and insulin resistance. They carry that cresty neck, even though the rest of their body might be under, their body weight may not be huge. They carry this crusty neck and that really increases their risk. So if you said to me, you had two different types of horses in that same scenario, the one that doesn't have a huge neck, then we can just slowly work away at that. The one that does have a cresty neck, I would immediately be very, very critical of the the program, the management program. Make sure that we're not turning them out to grass. Make sure that we've got them on a very on a low sugar starch diet, less than 10%. When you look at your feeds, you want to make sure that you're getting less than 10%. Hay's getting hay tested. Really getting that horse's weight under control because that horse is much more likely to develop these other metabolic issues than our um, our horse that's an eight but has no crest. So. You kind of have to look and in, read into it a little bit as well. It's not just obesity. It's where they lay down that fat, and certain breeds are more predisposed.
0: There we go. And Once again, you get familiar with uh, your horse's background with the weight scale. And for folks who have nutrition questions, where can they find you?
2: They can find me at performancehorsenutrition.com on the Internet. We've got our phone number and our email on there. Please give us a call or email us, and we can help you out.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. Make sure to have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go by downloading the free, that's right, free, Horse Radio Network app for iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse.